Well, it's an absolute crazy game in the Southeast today as DC United take all three points against the five stripes. A big early set piece goal in the second half on a set piece by Russell Canals. <laughs> and of course, the late winner from Jordi Reyna on Kevin Paredes' first career assist. Hey, everyone, welcome into Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken. I'm John Lee. Joined this week, uh, I'm virtual, but Joshua and Sam are back in our in our usual makeshift studio, and we actually <laughs> sent uh, we sent Michael Black on location to the game in Atlanta, and hopefully we'll hear from him coming up here in just a little bit. But guys, maybe we need to play these mid afternoon games more often. Maybe we need to just go set piece before every set piece because that was set amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it was great. Apparently, 4 o'clock works for us. Um, super excited. I don't know. I'm, like, buzzing. That doesn't usually happen. Um, we were <laughs> kind of on the computer with John, kind of watching the game together. He was a couple seconds ahead, so Joshua and I kind of removed our headphones because we were like, oh, I don't want to hear anything, like, kind of negative before it happens. Let's just be frank. That's kind of in the tone of the season. And then we scored, and it was great. Um, I'm just buzzing. Shouts to Kevin for his first assist. Like, it was, it was just great all around. Uh, and, and John, as hype as we all are for uh, Jordi Reyna to be back with the team, I think it was Rivas who notched that one. Yeah. Uh, and at the end. Uh, oh, did I call it wrong? Yeah, I was, I was so hype on the issue. Yeah, Kevin Rivas, that's it's right. Still juiced. Uh, with the first goal. It's funny. They did a whole bit in the pregame show, which I encourage you guys to watch it. It's really well done. Uh, uh, but Claudia talked about Kevin Paredes's and, and Khan's relationship. And, and we got to see it there at the end to win a game for DC United. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, John. No, I absolutely. I mean, Sam, you said it like just to be buzzing after a game. It feels so good. And it's this is also it's it's tough to say, but this is DC United's first winning streak of the season <laughs> uh, up, up to two. But I'll tell you guys, it, it can't come at a better time. Just yeah. looking at, you know, late in the season for once, you know, just just to pull two games together. We don't, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. This team obviously, you know, has a long way to go and, and Atlanta are nowhere near you know, where they've been in the past. But but just talking of, of Atlanta and D.C., Atlanta smashed us the last time we played. Yeah. Uh, arguably the game that really kind of put everyone over the edge and, and, and you know, might have been the final nail in, in Coach Olsen's coffin had it not been for, you know, the COVID scare that the team went through and kind of the midweek game shortly thereafter against NYCFC. But this was a very different performance tonight against this Atlanta United team. Absolutely. And the way we got that win too, you know, it, it, it was us going ahead and then them scoring, you know, pretty late um, in the second half, which is, I mean, I felt deflated after that, right? Like I didn't know that we were going to be able to come back for it, but then to like, to find that grit and to grit, there you go. Buzzword, everyone take a shot, I guess. But just to find that like, ability to continue pushing forward and to get that really late winner um, and then to, you know, keep them from really turning around really quickly and getting one and to really secure the three points. Like I'm jazzed. I mean, we haven't seen that from DC United in a very long time. We had the lead and then we took the lead again. Right. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah lot, go ahead, Joshua. Uh, it, we just looked confident for once. I, I was watching the game and, uh, man, like it, it, you could tell both teams are in a little bit of a slump, but DC United hung with them despite them having a generally more talented roster. It was good to see. Yeah, and I think we yeah. had good, you know, the first half was really exciting to watch. There was kind of a slump in the second half there, and then all the action was just at the end of the game. Um, so I hope no one turned it off <laughs> because that was just great to watch live. Well, it was funny. I mean, obviously, one of the things we were talking about as we were getting set up here uh, is that 
DC United arguably looked better in the first half for, yeah. for a large portion of the Absolutely. second half <laughs> you know, before it came together, right? Um, and, and you kind of felt for a while like, yeah, they, this is probably going to be a 0-0 draw. Um, and then DC United scored, and then you know Atlanta really kind of kicked it into gear, and it sort of felt like a goal was coming for them, and it was, and it was a rocket too. Yeah, uh, well, beautiful header. Um, can't can't really be too upset about that. It looked like uh, I mean, a, a was maybe a little bit out of position. Yeah, uh, but it just happened so quickly, and and you know putting putting you know being an Atlanta fan, right? Like that's got to be frustrating because you can see what that team can do, and they just consistently this season have not been able to keep it together yeah I don't know if I really feel for the Atlanta fans um <laughs> excuse me we were talking on um Twitter a little bit I personally tweeted out that I didn't love like the piped in fan noise um there's a little chat about that and then um you know when when Gressel was subbed out I, I mean I don't know if it happened in the stand I would sure hope not but there was kind of booing over the broadcast which is a little bit classless, right? Like, I don't know. Gressel obviously wanted to stay in Atlanta. Um, it's natural then when you go to a new team that you're going to put everything in for the new team. So I hope that there Hi was folks. no Hi, Zach. Hope everyone's doing well. We'll have Chad Ashton coming up, followed by... Yeah, sorry about that. We, uh, with John Remote, we're not able to mute the, the press conference and him at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> or, or him. Uh, it's got to be both. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's, it's a nice excuse to mute John every now and then. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, John. <laughs> you said you muted for a minute. Payback, really, for that time you didn't turn well, my mic on. I'll have fun all night. And that's what I was saying. I was like, you guys have been looking for an excuse to mute me for like the 11 months we've been doing this now. So you know, now, now you got it. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we'll be turning over to the press conference soon. I haven't had a chance to look. Obviously, we're going to be hearing from Chad Ashton. Um, I assume Russell Knauss, he wore the armband today, I believe. Um we and have been, scored a goal. And he scored a goal. Yeah, so it wouldn't be surprising not, um, if we heard from him. Uh, we, we have been hearing from two players, which has been great. Um, I don't know if either of you have kind of seen if it's going to be two players. Obviously, we'll bring it live to you either way, um, and you'll be able to see what they have to say after this. Um, yeah, and, and as we wait, Sam, I, I do kind of want to point out here, this is kind of wild and, and, and breaking news, but one of the things that this big win and this big winning streak has done, uh, <laughs> DC United have moved out of the basement in the East. Yeah. Past, uh, past FC Cincinnati, who who do have a game in hand, so this might not last all that long. But we're going to enjoy it while baby. And truly, again, most of the league plays tonight, but only three points out of a playoff spot in the East right now, uh, tied on um, games played with Miami, who unfortunately beat Orlando earlier today. Uh, and then looking at this, it looks like Chicago has two games in hand, and they're only one point out. So lots of movement still here. But uh, with three games to go, DC United are somehow in a playoff race. Playoffs, baby. I've been saying uh, it the what, whole time. What will happen to the fan base if Chad Ashton wins DC United's first playoff game in however many years? <laughs> will it chaos. Just, <laughs> just chaos. Will streets in DC Madness. <laughs> I think there will be fans that will actually just combust. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like a mix of excitement and like, are we going to do this for another five years? Like, Yeah, like mind blown. Oh, absolutely. I can see that happening. That's oh, so okay. Funny. He's got him playing well. Uh, we got a couple of games left in the season, right? Plenty of time for stuff to happen. For and us we've only it. been going up. We've only looked better and better every game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal to see after the, the season we mostly um, watched. 
we, we talk about it every now and then. Uh, you know, Seattle is famous for getting hot in the second half of the season. Maybe this is DC United's getting hot in like the last two months of the season. You don't got to be good till the end, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you really need that stretch of good games is leading into the playoffs. Um, if there's anything we've learned from Seattle, it's that you only need to get good at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, they, and DC United's social media team having a ball right now. I'm uh, sure. Between that, a, a, a Stephen A. Smith clip. With, we've heard it's been a bad week for Atlanta sports. <laughs> <laughs> Props to those guys who've had a hold it together and, and take a lot of grief this season from, from fans on social media. But yeah. Friendly reminder that it's not their fault. So <laughs> it's okay to be upset with whatever's happening on the field, but don't take it out on the social media. They've had to endure a lot. Um, glad to see that they're able to celebrate these wins with us. Yeah. Look, just don't at them. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth it to be a fan if you can't have an opinion. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can be upset. Just, just don't like badger them. They can't help it. I, I'm sure Claudia would go out there and play well, um, <laughs> but I don't know if MLS roster rules are there yet. Would love to see it. <laughs> so uh, while we wait for the press conference, let's talk about the first goal, which, you know, interestingly, I, I thought could have been a fair penalty shot with, Somehow Atlanta managed to take down Donovan Pines in the box uh, on the long ball in, but Brad Guzan has got to make that save. That was You're shocking. Happy to see a guy like Russell Canals, you know, get back on the board after a tough season with him, injuries, red yeah. cards. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> not being eligible to play. You <laughs> <laughs> did. That? I said not being eligible to play, but still doing it. Uh, yeah, it's been <laughs> great, and this is a multi-goal season for Russell now. It, like I think he he pipes up to. What is he second in the Golden Boot race now? Because we got a bunch of bunch of guys stuck on I think second. With Pines and Briant, yeah. Oh, uh, all our defenders. <laughs> defenders. Uh, but yeah, it was a good goal. Uh, people on Twitter were talking about how uh, Gressel was growing into this game. It didn't start out hot. Um, hey, Chad, it's Zach. How are you? I'm good, Zach. How are you? Good, man. And Congrats on the win, coach. Thank you. Head over here any second. To all right, chat. folks. We'll go ahead and get started. Reminder as always: raise your hand. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead, buddy. Chad, thanks for your time. Um, I was wondering if you could uh, just talk about your team's uh, really resiliency um, at the end after um, allowing that heartbreaking uh, equalizer and then to get the goal and, and ultimately the victory. Yeah, I, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, just the the character, right? It, it, it felt heartbreaking at the time, but they they didn't stop. They kept going. They knew there were minutes left and uh, you know, I, Atlanta obviously felt it that they could take advantage and, and move forward with a lot of players and um, credit to our guys. They, they stayed in it. They stayed focused and go down and create the opportunity and, and bang it in. And, um, you know, the, the guys have just shown so much character the, the past week and a half in, in those four games. I, I just couldn't be prouder of them. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason, go ahead. Uh, hi, Chad. Thanks for speaking to us and congrats on the, the victory. Um, obviously, it's kind of a big decision to um, deploy Canals as a center back in this uh, back four. What went into that? What caused you to make that move for this specific game? To begin with, uh, Frederick Briant was, was sick and, and not available. Um, and just knowing kind of the athleticism of their team, the pieces of their team, we felt like it's, it would be a educated uh, move to 
to put him in back there that he could kind of help with the quickness of their players. Um, his passing, you know, he just brings a, a lot to the table and it's obviously a little bit different than a, than a typical center back, but uh, it's, it just allowed us to, to get a good 11 out there. And, and I thought he was so steady and um, you would think he's, he's been playing that position his entire life. So credit to him. He, he did a really good job of adjusting to the situation, adjusting to the job. And um, at the end of the day, you know, he, he was a huge leader for us today. And um, it, it, it's so appreciated by everybody. We'll go back to Steve Goff. Steve, go ahead. Chad, you've gotten uh, results in the last three games now. Uh, the team's seems to be playing with a little more confidence um, and comfort. Um, how do you look at it now with three games left, if you can, whether you can make a charge and, and get over that playoff line um, after all the trouble you've had this year? It's, it's still one at a time for sure, you know, but we knew we needed to, to walk out of here with three points to, to really put ourselves in the conversation and, and kind of see that line a little bit. And, um, you know, all we can do is, is control ourselves at this point. Uh, the rest of the season is, is, you know, essentially all the injuries that the narrative around it is, is obvious, but uh, again, these guys have been beaten down over the, the course of the year a little bit with a lot of different things. And, and all the teams have with, with regards to just how strange a year it's been, but, um, to, to again, just show character and, and stay in the moment and, and know all we can control right now is, is our results. Um, and we'll just move on to, to Columbus. We're gonna enjoy this one today, but we'll move on to Columbus and we'll try and figure out it, how, how we can go out there and get three points against them. But, uh, um, you know, just keep winning ball games is, is what's gonna give us the, the best shot to get there. And, and again, you know, I, I think rewarding ourselves with the, the three points against Cincinnati and the three points today. It's, it's a real shot of adrenaline to the group. It gives them a lot of confidence and um, makes them feel like, you know, they can step out on the field and, and pick up three points every time. We'll go back to Jason Anderson, Jason. Uh, you got, obviously you got Yordi back from being in quarantine, as you mentioned uh, midweek and you got him a few minutes today. Um, was this maybe as much as you could expect out of him, given that he's been isolated for a little while now, or was this just a, um, you know, 10 minutes game game situation kind of thing? Yeah, it's tough to, it's, it's tough to, to essentially find him minutes, you know, it's difficult for him because he, he essentially is sitting in a hotel room for however many days, um, losing fitness, losing sharpness and, and, trying to get up to speed as, as quickly as, as he can. And, you know, we wanted to get him out there, get him in a situation where, where he could succeed. And I think, you know, we, we managed that pretty well tonight with regards to his minutes. He, he was a contributing factor out there and you can see he's, he's got a desire to win as well. So um, we'll continue to try and, you know, push forward with him and, and get him as many minutes as possible, but um, it has to be with, within the context of the group. We'll take a couple more questions, Chad. We'll go to Jose Umania next. Jose, go ahead. Hey, Chad. Um, just overall, how has Gelman fit into the groups, especially now that you've taken over as more, now you see a little more of him. How, 
how have you seen him just gel with the group and his performance today to get that goal and that opportunity? He's, he's a great guy to begin with. Um, he gets along with, with everyone. He, he really has shown the group that, that he cares, that he, he wants to be a, a factor in, in moving the group forward and getting results. Um, and he's doing that on a daily basis. And, and essentially, the past few games, we've alternated he, he and Ola with regards to, to starting and told him to, you know, just empty your tank uh, as well as you can. Go out there and leave it out there, and then we can bring another one on, and he comes on fit, and he can be a factor. But, um, you know, you see his qualities in training. He's a big, strong guy. He's got really soft feet. His hold-up play is, is excellent, and when given opportunities, he can smash a ball. So he can finish things. If we can get him, he and Ola, you know, more opportunities in and around the box, I, I think both of them can score goals. Final question, Chad. We'll go to Mauricio. Mauricio, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Coach, for your time. Um, noticing that the two subs that were in, uh, Kevin Paredes and Helvin Rivas, uh, were the ones that make the winning goal because um, he was the assistant for the um, for the goal. How do you see them both playing together as you know, as you saw today, uh, Rivas and uh, Paredes? I think they understand each other. You know, they've trained with each other long enough that they know what to expect from each other. Um, they know what things to look for in and around the box, but. Um, you know, obviously our, our subs did a, a great job in coming in and affecting this game in a positive manner for us. And um, it's just a great play. It's a great play by Kevin and, and it's a wonderful finish by Riva. So, um, you know, if, if you can get production from your subs coming into games and, and they're affecting the game in a positive way, especially when guys are out there tired and, and later in the game, it's a huge, huge plus for the team. But uh, it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch these guys get rewarded for for their hard work and um, continued drive within within the entire context of everything. Chad, appreciate your time, man. Thanks again. That was uh, interim head coach Chad Ashton at the podium talking about um, those three points that we just got over Atlanta. Quick update. Something that really stuck out to me was the fact that um, you know when asked about the playoff push, he. He said it's just one game at a time, and I think that's um, the mentality that this team needs to have going into these games, right? I mean, playoffs are kind of a little bit still of a long shot. Uh, I think we're going to make it, but <laughs> we have more than a 0% chance. I think we're going to make it, um, but I, I appreciate that that was the mentality that he is bringing to this team, and I'm sure he's kind of hammering it in with the players too. John, what do you think? Yeah, for sure, and, and I mean, one of the things that – that's absolutely how you have to look at it, right? I mean, I think as fans, you know, Sam, you probably embody it the most out of all of us <laughs> dreaming of the playoffs, right, is, is what we should be doing. Hashtag you know, we I, want I five. Rory Hellman, hello. How are you guys? It looks like we're ready to go back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, fun. thank you. Great. Hellman, congratulations. We'll go ahead and get started. Uh, folks, we do have translation here, so go ahead, raise your hand and ask a question and we'll make sure we get you answers and questions translated. We'll go to Steve Goff first. Steve, go ahead. Elman, congratulations on your goal. Uh, tell us about your, uh, your emotion and your joy in scoring uh, 
the winning goal in the in the final moments of a game. Obviously happy for the goal, but uh, more happy or happier for the three points that we won um, and happy for the team and our ability to, to get through that situation that was, that was tough at the end. Great. Thanks, guys. We'll go to Jose Umania next. Jose, go ahead. Uh, yeah, um, Helman, uh, felicidades for Engol. Uh, la pregunta es, uh, ¿cómo tú y Kevin Paredes ha jugado? ¿Cómo se sienten como compañeros y la conexión que ustedes tienen como compañeros? ¿Cómo ha mejorado eso uh, durante la temporada jugando con Kevin? Sí, bueno, en realidad eh, Kevin es muy joven, eh, tiene un talento increíble y y entiende, entiende cómo se puede desenvolver en el terreno y ya hemos convivido mucho tiempo juntos, ya entiende los movimientos, entiende todo hacia dónde vamos y, y nosotros se las se la ponemos fácil. Eh, muchachos con un gran talento y... y... Kevin's a very young, but incredibly talented. Um, you know, he's, he understands the game very well, understands movements well. You know, at this point, we spent quite a bit of time together, so he understands how we move and how we play and, and where to put the ball. So he's just a very talented player. Great. Thanks, guys. We'll go to Mauricio next. Mauricio, go ahead. Um, uh, felicidades, Helming, for uh, tu primer gol con el DC United y el winning goal. Uh, ¿Cómo te sentiste uh, al entrar y pues, ser ahorita el el que le dio los tres puntos al DC United, ya como que respondiste un poco, pero ¿cuál es esa sensación de ahorita ser tú el, uh, el que le dio los tres puntos fuera de casa a DC United? En realidad, eh, contento con el triunfo y, y en lo personal, contento también por el gol y por, y por darle los tres puntos al, a nuestro equipo, que a eso fue lo que vinimos, hermano. Eh, yo las sensaciones que tengo son las mismas de que llegué aquí tratar de ayudar al club, tratar de, de hacerlo la cantidad de goles que se me presente. Hasta ahora es el primero que hago, pero contento, contento con los tres puntos y contento con, con el grupo más que todo. So again, happy for the goal, uh, for my first goal, but more uh, I'm happy for for the team and three points. You know, uh, my feelings for my position here are the same as before, uh, as when I first got here. Help the team when I can, and that's what we came to this to Atlanta for to get the three points. So. Happy, happy for the goal, happy for the three points. Great, thanks, guys. We'll go to Mario Amaya next. Mario, go ahead, buddy. Uh, Helmin, felicidades por anotar tu primer gol con el DC United. Uh, quiero preguntar cómo te sientes de cómo, cómo, se, cómo, se, cómo, uh, cómo el equipo se pudo llevar la adversidad después de que Atlanta había empatado el partido. Sí, bueno, yo pienso que el partido un momento llegó a abrirse un poco y estábamos esperando también en un contragolpe tratar de hacer el segundo gol y poder, poder abultar el marcador y ya y cerrar el partido. Pero no se nos dio, ellos se nos vinieron encima, nos lograron empatar, pero no perdimos la, no perdimos la cordura. 
estuvimos siempre con la, con la cabeza en alto y esperar una chance que sabía que, que no iba a quedar y gracias a Dios me quedó y pude, pude completar y dar los tres puntos y nos vamos contentos a casa. Uh, the game started to open up a little bit and we were kind of waiting for the counter-attack moment to, to get that second goal. Uh, that didn't happen before they tied the game, but uh, really proud of the guys for keeping their heads up and staying focused and staying in the game uh, because we knew that we were going to still get more chances and, and luckily we got another one and thank God it came to me and I was able to put it away. One more question, guys. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Jason, go ahead. Uh, Helman, congratulations on the goal and the win. Um, now that you've been here for a few weeks, uh, getting more time to connect with your teammates uh, and incorporate yourself, uh, how do you feel uh, you're doing in that regard as, as a part of DC United being a, a newer arrival? de poder conectar en los partidos y ahorita en tres, dos, tres semanas ya me sentí bastante bien. El, el club desde que llegué igual me ha brindado mucha confianza y eh, es un grupo bastante compacto, bastante compenetrado. Entonces, solo que hay que correr con, con esa suerte y, y, y poder, y poder uh, actuar de la mejor manera para ayudar al club. And when I first came, it was, uh, it was a difficult moment for me. I wasn't able to connect on the field as well as I, I wanted to start. But the past two, three weeks, it's been coming better and better. So improving there, uh, you know, off the field, the club's been great and, and keeps giving me confidence every week. Um, so just kind of have to keep running with that luck and, and continue getting results. Thank you, Hellman. Thank you, Rory. No more questions, guys. And that was DC United's forward, Hellman Rivas. Um, I mean, I think we've seen that he's been making some more connections on the field. The fans have definitely um, enjoyed seeing him more on the field. I see shouts on Twitter all the time um, about seeing him. I think next up we're going to have uh, Russell Knauss, um, captain of tonight's game. But did, and goal scorer. And goal scorer, <laughs> yep. Um, but anything that – back. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> did anything that Rivas say stick out to you all? Uh, what stuck out to me is that the team was looking for a second goal before they conceded. Uh, that's probably yeah. would not have happened a couple weeks ago yeah. under different administration, but uh, it, sometimes that happens. Like, look, it, it's smart to defend and wait for a counterattack, but at least they were trying to do that, and, and then it didn't happen like that necessarily, but they got the second goal. Uh, so that's really positive to me to hear that the team is – is playing like that and thinking like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, especially with like where where we are in this season right now, right? We can't really just sit back and like take points from games anymore. You know that you'd generally be happy with a point away, especially in Atlanta, right? But like the fact that they had that mentality to go for the second goal, you're right. I think that says so much about how this team is doing right now. Yeah, they didn't quit, you know, and uh, and, and that's that's what you need. That, that's what you'd like to see all season long, but that's absolutely what you need, you know, when you're in a playoff push like this. And, um, you know, I, I just want to pause really quickly. And, you know, one of the things that I've really come to appreciate doing this show is, is the opportunity to, to be a part of and, and share the, the post-game media availability with our listeners. And I, I noted uh, on Twitter here, I, I believe that's the first time we've been able to carry uh, an interview in Spanish. We, we hear them a lot midweek sometimes. Um, but I think that's the first post-game one we've done. And so shouts to our uh, friend of the show, Roy Maleta, for, for providing live translation there. Yeah, you're right. I think we had one um, in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken. I think there, uh, there was a Spanish-speaking player. Um, and I, 
I, I apologies. I don't remember who the player was. I, I, I think they could speak both Spanish and English, but some of the questions were asked in Spanish. Uh, been Pipa. And then they were answered in yeah, English, and right. we didn't necessarily have the translation. Um, no one on the show speaks Spanish. We, we carried it just because we don't know the listeners. <laughs> All right, so Joshua's going to step in and translate we'll, next time we'll that happens. <laughs> but you're absolutely right, John. I love that we're able to provide that, um, obviously, you know, there are a lot of Spanish-speaking D.C. United supporters, um, and it's it's great to hear from those players and um, be able to get that translation for those of us who took a different language in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the things I joke with you guys, you know, before we went live tonight is I, I – Joshua, I know Rivas, when, when he was signed, was not someone you were super excited about bringing in. It just didn't show quite the ambition – um, and I agree like that, that was, you know, not the level of signing I think any of us were hoping for at, at the time, but, um, just to see him, you know, be the one to, to put that away. Um, it, it's exciting to see some of these attacking players make a difference, you know, cause for so long this season, uh, and, and even, you know, tonight with, with Kamara not having, you know, largely absent, it felt like out there, um, it, it's good to see, you know, and, and, and you can tell the excitement, uh, from nice. listening to him. Yeah. Hey, Russell, it's Zach. How you doing? Like hey, Zach. What's over. up? Congrats on the goal, buddy. Great result tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome, folks. We'll go ahead and get started. Uh, Steve Goff, go ahead. Hey, Russ. Uh, thanks for your time. Congrats on the goal. Um, what uh, What do you think is going on the last uh, couple weeks uh, with this team um, getting some results and seemingly seems very hungry and, and, and com comfortable? Yeah, I think uh, we were able to put um, some good performances the last the last couple of weeks that gave us confidence from game to game to build. Um, I think our focus on just, you know, making sure we think about game to game and not where we're at in the table and, you know, where we want to go. I think the focus has been great. Um, we've been able to just have more overall belief in the locker room and you know, trying to see out this season the best way we can and finish it, uh, finish it the best best way possible. And tonight, uh, we took another step. We uh, survived. We we got the three points, and now we look to Wednesday's game to continue that streak. Thanks, Russ. We'll go to Jason Anderson. Jason. Uh, hi, Russell. Congrats on the win. Um, Chad said that uh, with with Fred being uh, ill this week that. Um, they made the decision to, to play you at center back. I know you played there in a back five or a back three, a couple of games earlier this year. Um, how do you feel like you dealt with it playing, you know, on a four, four, two playing center back? Yeah, it's, it's definitely different playing in a back four because you're obviously isolated more um, with just having the two center backs. I haven't played there since youth national team days, other than like you said, a couple games ago in terms of uh, a back three, but I felt comfortable there. Um, tried to make the best effort possible, obviously um, was communicating, trying to be a leader from the back. Um, a lot of that, those little things, I think, make the difference as well. So um, I'm, I'm always ready to sacrifice and give my best effort for the team, wherever the team needs me. And, and Chad obviously uh, told me he needed me there. So I was ready to go. Mario, Maya, Mario, go ahead. Hey, Russ, congratulations on the victory. Uh, I just want to ask, this is your first goal since the start of the season against Colorado. How, how did you feel? And can you walk us through, uh, through, the, through the moment of, of prior to the goal? Yeah, uh, it feels great to be able to get on the score sheet. Um, 
I thought we were going to pull out the game with a, with a clean sheet. That would have been nicer. But um, overall, we got the three points. Um, in regards to the goal, I uh, just obviously had a good connection with Julian again. We didn't really talk it out beforehand, but um, my job on the set piece was to go back post. I tried to lose my man and then just head the ball down, uh, which made it, I think, tough for Guzan to, to keep it out of his net. Um, so I, I just am glad I was able to contribute tonight and, and help the team uh, get the three points. No more questions, Russell. Appreciate your time, man. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. And that was a DC United captain tonight, center back, goal scorer extraordinaire, <laughs> Russell Knaus. Um, Joshua made a good point um, during during the press conference that you know new coach could mean new captain, um, and I feel like Russell yeah. really did a good job with the armband tonight. What do you all think? I think you know we've seen the armband move around quite a bit. Um, I, I think it. it makes a whole lot of sense for someone kind of in the center of the park to wear it. Uh, we've seen it rotate from Frederick Briant, who um, I was not tracking his illness. Uh, so he was unavailable to start, but he was in the, in the team, it looks like at least. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think Russ is, is another guy that's, you know, a natural fit for it. I, I still think if we're talking long-term, I think it's kind of destined for Paul Ariola at some point next season. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really think we're going to see that, but he also we have to keep in mind Steve Birnbaum's obviously out for the rest of the regular season. And, and I don't necessarily know that he's done anything to lose it. Oh, yeah. uh, so it'll be fascinating to see next year. And, and obviously I don't think that was what you guys were, were pointing at at all. Uh, but just that that's been one of the reasons why we've seen it move around so much this year is, you know, guys just can't stay healthy and, <laughs> and somebody's got to be the captain, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm uh, wearing a Birnbaum jersey right now. Like, <laughs> I'm a Birnbaum stand through and through. So I'd, yeah, absolutely love to see him um, hold the captain's armband. But I think that it, it only helps the team if there's a little bit of competition for the yeah. captaincy, right? That's not necessarily something that players talk about. It's not as though they necessarily gun for it, yeah. per se. Um, but I think if there are multiple leaders on the team and there are multiple options to give it to, like, that only helps the team, right? And also, sometimes, like, you're the best leaders are the ones sitting in the back of the room, right? You don't need to be the one who like actually has the armband to be making a difference on this team. So just seeing the players have this ability to kind of step up. And that's something I've been very critical about in the past. I feel like this team has lacked a little bit of leadership, especially when we go through those really hard stretches of games. Um, but just overall, I mean, that just speaks to the overall flip of mentality that this team is experiencing right now. And I'm like so excited for the rest of the season and also to see what happens next season. It's been funny to watch. I, I, I'm on YouTube duty tonight, but it's been funny to watch the parallel conversations you guys are having with them. They mentioned as well, Canals is a good shout, but but Bill is a good candidate. Oh, uh, some other people agreed with John about Areola getting the armband. I, I personally would think yeah, you need that in the midfield. You need that kind of midfielders are all over the field, so they're able to yell at the ref at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, which is technically like, per the rules of the game, what it is, right? Like, that's the person who's allowed to yeah. really speak to the ref. Um, uh, but you, you guys way. are absolutely right. And, and there were, were times this season when, when we were in a rut, and, and we had those guys out, and, and maybe that's that's a factor in there, that we didn't have the leadership because of injuries. Uh, so maybe the injuries are just bigger than the, than they seem themselves. You know, we, yeah. we lose Birnbaum, we lose Ariola, we lose Bill for, for a good bit now. We don't have all those veteran presence on the, on the field to tell these these new guys how how to play. And, and kind of surprising tonight, uh, what do you guys think about none of the kids started tonight, uh, a very much veteran squad for DCU? 
Yeah, I, that's exactly where my mind was going. Basically, it was like what these young kids are experiencing. Um, I'm not surprised to see that none of them made the start tonight. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit more touch and go, especially, you know, as we get closer, potentially that playoff push. I love hearing that that's not necessarily what's on the guys' minds, but it's like kind of in the back of their minds. Um, but yeah. just going a little bit off track, but still about the young kids, like that says something about like the way that they're being asked to step up in this team, right? You see a lot of other teams across the league, like Philly specifically, um, they have these young kids coming in, but they're coming in with a lot of veterans around them. And those veterans are able to really guide the game and help them grow into the game and kind of show them how to be an MLS player on um, the 22 under 22 list just came out. Congrats to Nyman. He was named to it. I was a little bit surprised that Paredes had come off of it, but you know, I think it's that much more that Naaman was added to it because of all the difficulties that DC United has had to face. And he doesn't necessarily have those like veteran key players, you know, like in Birnbaum and Flores and Canales that you would expect who would be around a player to help them elevate. Yeah. So the fact that he's able to elevate himself, I think just speaks volumes. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, going back to, um, you know, just talk about, you know, the kids not starting tonight. I, I agree with you, Sam. I think that was the right call. Um, and, and I think a lot of it for me really just centers around the fact that, you know, both Assad and, and Gressel have some history with Atlanta, uh, you know, I think <laughs> starting those guys in, in what's, uh, admittedly a bit of a toss-up at this point you know Yao or uh or, or Gressel yeah Paredes or uh or, or Assad but you know that that's the kind of competition we talked about earlier you, you want to see but I'll tell you I was I was a bit disappointed in both uh, Assad and uh and Gressel tonight I think uh, Gressel probably had the worst game out of the two of them yeah uh, I'd agree with that and you know also it's nice to have the ability to bring in those guys late in the game because you know they they've they've had so much experience they've gotten so much experience this year just because of the necessity right yeah um but they've also because of that they're more talented than they were uh and at the end of the day they're kids they're yeah. fast they've got energy <laughs> so you bring them on at the end of the game they're more talented than they were at the beginning of the year and they're flying around these, these players who were gassed um so it's it's exciting to see and, it, uh, and i actually yeah, i was running down griffin yada not in the match tonight i guess i expected to see him uh kind of late at some point but it looks like fish was the one who came on for gressel there for the final sub yeah i mean go ahead joshua oh i you got it <laughs> no i just agree you know um I, I mean i would love to see um yao come on a little bit towards the end i i, I said i agree with what you said um i thought Assad had a better game than Gressel did um and it's also you know the the competition is very interesting I feel like Assad overall this season has been doing um a lot better but I also think you know Paredes is potentially a little bit a step above Yao right so just that whole competition that you're seeing is very interesting um I but I do love to see them against Atlanta you know what I mean like I I said at some point like Oh, I said about the fans booing Gressel, right? Like, he didn't want to leave Atlanta, and he did, and he's making the most of it, and he's, like, really fully embraced being a D.C. United player, but there's got to be something in the back of his mind, right? He wants to get three points against uh, Atlanta he got a the little assist. bit more. Yeah, he yeah. contributed to the win tonight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, as my dog makes an appearance on the <laughs> show, I have to ask John, is Yamila sought out of the doghouse? He looked really Ooh. good at center mid today. What, a <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think he officially is. Um, you know, the last couple games have been have been strong for him. Um, I think we talked a little bit. I don't know. The shows are starting to blur together. It's one <laughs> of those years, right? But uh, we've talked before about 
just the attacking mindset of the team now, or at least not a 100% defensive mindset of the team. I think he's done wonders for you, though. Um, he, he's confident on the ball. I, I, I don't actually think tonight was one of his better games, but I, I could be just biased by the fact that he's played well lately. And yeah. this was, you know, not as good as as, uh, as the Cincy game uh, or even a couple of the games before that. But, yeah, no, I, I think he's out of the doghouse. I think Julian Gressel's real close to moving in at this point. I just, <laughs> it's, it's, he's obviously so talented. And, and we've talked, you know, are we setting him up for success? And, and I think overwhelmingly we're probably not. Um, he had a beautiful long ball uh, tonight, which was just, you know, he makes plays like that. And it's like, that's why we signed that guy. That's why yeah. we play that guy. Um, you know, he's obviously got the talent, but there's there's other times where, you know, he's, he's bodying people around and then he wins possession and then turns it right over. And it's like, he did all of that work just to give it up. Um, so I, I think Gressel, I expect next season, um, you know, hopefully – pandemic will be subsided for the most part at some point during next season and he'll be you know a year into living in the dc area he'll be much more comfortable with this team and obviously coaching staff will will be solidified at that point which will be new most likely um but i I think next year you know he kind of gets past this year but next year expectations are going to be really high uh for me for julian yeah new dad maybe else something else you know to play for (laughs) Um, yeah, I completely agree. I admittedly don't know what his college career necessarily was like, but we're asking very different things of him than Atlanta last year was asking of him, right? So I think that um, it's interesting to see, like, I mean, really that speaks to him as a player, right, and how he's adapting. And I, I, I don't mean that negatively because the entire team has really been on, like, the the back gear, right? Like, the entire team hasn't really been rising to the challenge, but we are more and more. So I think that, like, now as the team is improving is like when we all get to be really critical of Gressel um, and say like is he going to be able to meet these challenges that DC United a very different team are asking him to meet um, or was he uh, frankly a little bit of a one-trick pony on Atlanta I hope not I I don't expect that right I'm I'm very excited to see him improve and figure out his place on this team Um, it's not good it's not it's just not going to be the same as it was on Atlanta. So what is that going to mean for him? Is, is he going to be able to make that adaptation? Yeah, I, I think a, a lot of what's happening right now, it will be the base for DC United going forward. Uh, uh, we're seeing some players who, who maybe we took a shot on, get some reps and, and do well, like Rivas. And we're seeing some players who maybe were utilized the wrong way, get out and get some good performances in, like like Gressel on Assad. And hopefully – the new manager, new management comes in, a, a new plan is designed to get more out of those players. And then we bring in new players to, to in the spots that we're hurting at. Uh, so, so it could be really exciting. I'm excited with what I'm seeing right now. Uh, and, and the wins are just a bonus, right? Yeah. That's such a good point too. It's very much a balance between like how, what type of player it is and what the manager is asking of them. Right. So it's like super unfair to ask a player to go completely out of their comfort zone. I mean, we see players rise to the occasion, like, you know, Russell tonight playing center back, like he definitely rose to that occasion, but it's not necessarily fair to ask all of your players to completely change the type of player they are. Obviously you signed them because of the type of player that you saw they were on that other team. Um, So Joshua, that's a very good point. Like whoever ends up managing this team next season, um, it, it's really going to be a balance of like, are we going to try to find that just target striker who bangs him in? Like Martinez, obviously Martin, the 
you know threshold of being a player like Martinez we're probably not going to really meet that um, but we could find someone very similar or are we going to continue to ask Russell to play a little bit of a different role than he did against Atlanta you know potentially meet somewhere in the middle of what he's been asked of this season and what he was asked of when he wasn't a part of DC United we're live here on Trying and True, the DCA post-game podcast presented by Heineken. And we know you've got thoughts. We know you're excited, uh, just as excited as we are to be on the first winning streak in 2020. <laughs> and only three points at, at the time that we're recording out, out of a playoff position with three to go. Uh, so feel free to join the show using the hashtag Tried and True DCU or by jumping in the YouTube chat jumping in uh, the, the Twitter Periscope feed or by calling or texting us at 202-892-6328. That's 202-892-6328. And, I mean, guys, I'm still – I'm just a little bit stunned at, um, you know, the start for Russell Canales at center back. You know, I, it's, it's such um, – <laughs> across the fan base, we hear so much about how much we hated seeing him an outside back last season. And even a bit this season and, and and now he's getting minutes at center back and it was a great performance uh, john are you tapped into the youtube chat as well i gotta ask because this is exactly <laughs> what conversations just happened there richard uh who, who's a, a friend of the show said that uh that maybe we should keep canals back there he looked great he, he offered a bit of pace and and passing in the back line what are your guys' thoughts? Maybe that I mean, maybe that's the answer to Fred Briant getting a little older, right? Whenever Flores or um, excuse me, whenever Felipe um, is healthy, right? That was like competition, and I think that a lot of people were really tired of seeing that defensive triangle. I'd love to see more of an ons- offensive triangle in the midfield. That means we have we don't play with two center midfielders; we only play with one. So, I mean, maybe it's a it's a burn bomb Russell Knaus pairing. I also think that was like it said a lot about what this club really sees for Schoberg, right? I mean, he was on the bench and he is a out and out center defender. Um, so I was really shocked to see Russell get the nod over him. Uh, what does that mean for, I guess, current captain Steve Birnbaum? Oh, I would see, I would see Steven and Russell oh, together. So, so no pines in this situation. Oh, wait, that makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You got to pick. I, I mean, good teams have their, their well, pick there. I mean, pines, can go out he's played out wide before right in the back for us no he's played like a left center back in a back three but he is not not, in a back three probably that's what i was thinking of Uh, i i don't know i don't i don't think uh, maybe we just play back three and we go out and out defensive and it's just a complete change from what we've seen dc united do in the past i still think pines and Fernbaum are are the center backs we want to see moving forward yeah, into yeah. next year, yeah. unless we bring in another you know center back to compete, which I'm I'm all for for competition. But you, you love seeing uh, Russ put in a quality shift yeah, back there. Probably scrap um, my idea. You're right. <laughs> Trying to be too creative but, well, there. Just having coverage, right? You know that that is something that's important. And, um, but yeah, Schoberg will probably go down as as the worst signing of the season this year. I mean, yeah, he, he just adding you know, minimal value to this roster. And, and, it, and it almost makes me think back to who was the, the guy we signed in a pinch last summer who played like one game and cost us a oh, chunk of money. Uh, the uh, FC Dallas left back. Yep, Is that what you're talking yep. about? I cannot remember That's his exactly name, but he was about. awful. I'm sure the YouTube chat's about to have it. <laughs> so irrelevant that we can't even remember him. Uh, and, oh, and sorry with the P it's like Pedroso or something like that. It is Marquisios Pedroso. That's right. Um, and, yeah, I think that's where Schoenberg's destined. And it, it, it's sad. I mean, it, he, he was successful in Columbus, and 
the fact that he's not ahead of Russell Canals on this roster at center back is, is it just pretty says gaddy. a lot. That, yeah. Not to take anything away from, from Russ because it was a heck of a performance tonight. He played so well, and I think that Pines also played. I mean, he's been playing. I I, I think Pines is making his case to start. Uh, yeah, to be a starter for this team, which you love to see, which yeah. we kind of saw when he first started playing for DC United, and then uh, last season, and unfortunately, he got that injury. But I love to see that he's. You know, it took a couple of games. He's basically picking up where he left off. And he, as we said, you know, had that shout for PK. He's been an offensive, really key player for us as well as defensive. And that's frequently what DC United asks of our center defenders. So, yeah, I, I think, man, it, it's, it's tough because I don't know if he's better than both uh, Birnbaum or Canals at this moment at center back, but he's put in some decent rotations and, and, and this is also a thing good teams good teams have depth but they also take risk and, and put people that aren't quite there yet on the field I, I i think pines is almost there but he's not quite there yet so if we could start him he he will develop into that and he's just a, a freak of nature he's so tall and he's so quick for his size i i think we have to take that risk and, and play him i mean is it a yeah. risk I, I mean he's not as polished as, as maybe a, a veteran mls center back uh, or or probably that guy that we were looking at from from league uh, from the championship. Yeah. All right. So as we mentioned, um, we had sent Michael Black on location, um, and he's he's calling in now. Michael Black, thanks for calling in. How was the game in person today? You know, it has been way too long since I had an opportunity to watch a real live soccer game sitting in the stands. So it was uh, my heart was full after getting to watch the game and getting a DC United victory was. Uh, icing on the cake there uh, you know a lot of credit to Atlanta United for the way that they handled the, the setup you know it felt very safe there was lots of distance as y'all could probably see on TV everyone uh, had two masks waiting for them on their seats and you couldn't get in the stadium without a mask so uh, you know, really a, a great job by them and you know a great job by the team on the field too. Black can you hear me? I guess not <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, can you talk just a little bit more about, um, you know, what you would like to see, what Atlanta United did kind of within the stadium and then potentially what D.C. United can do? Obviously, um, it, it's really the city at this point that the team, D.C. United, is uh, waiting for um, to have fans in the stadium. But can you talk about what you would like to see happen when that's allowed? Uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the way you know, DC Stadium is set up, you know, you're going to have to do smaller numbers whenever you do it. You know, Mercedes-Benz Stadium has, you know, I think a max capacity of something in the 70s, uh, and Audi Field just doesn't have those numbers. But I think they had something around uh, 5,000, 6,000 folks there, and you, you were able to maintain distance the whole time. Uh, but I think that DC can certainly take a lot from that as well. Um, they had folks monitoring each section, making sure everyone was wearing a mask. They had lots of, you know, PSAs, signs everywhere saying, you know, maintain distance. They did mobile ordering, which I don't know if we've ever seen successfully work at uh, DC United games, where you couldn't actually stand in line, in line for concessions. You had to uh, actually order on your phone, walk up with a uh, QR code, and then they'd hand it to you when when it was ready. So. Um, all together, you know, definitely some things that they can take, and hopefully we'll be back in the same soon. And, you know, again, an awesome game for the team. You know, it was really uh, great to see them respond to some adversity and uh, really, you know, the last five minutes or so 
Atlanta raise the pace and you were worried about conceding a second and instead they, they go forward and animate and, and, and find a way to get the winner. And, you know, we, we've talked about the playoff picture and, you know, you're, I hesitate to say right back in it, but you're definitely uh, in the conversation now and not last. I mean, what a, a great feeling is that. Yeah. yeah, we get a little inside scoop too um, since you were at uh, the away game really. But uh, what John was, uh, you can't hear John. Um, he's coming through our computer audio today. But he, what he was going to ask is um, if you could talk a little bit about the feeling in the stadium when Atlanta scored that equalizer. Um, do you think the Atlanta fans – thought that they were going to be able to pull out the winner or were they worried about conceding again? I think that the atmosphere in the stadium was definitely leaning towards the, well, we've gotten a goal back. There's an opportunity to, to see if there, you can get another one here. Uh, obviously Atlanta's had a, a tough season as well. Uh, so I don't know if there was the same level of confidence that they may have had in, in some previous outings, but you definitely felt, especially, uh, you know, you saw on the final goal, it was, you know, built off directly off the counter. Uh, so they were throwing guys forward, trying to make it happen. Um, and I think even to the last moment when you saw Brad Guzan go up front, to try to make up for his uh, goalkeeping blunder earlier. Uh, he had, you know, there was still a thought that, you know, maybe that's going to happen, but, in the end, you know, great for DC to, to pull it out, and you know, so happy to see uh, both Rivas and, and Pines put uh, the back of the net. Not Pines, uh, sorry. Uh, Canals. Canals, yeah. yeah. The other center back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks again, Black, for calling in. Um, really jealous that you were able to go. I, I mean, we win when one of us is at Mercedes-Benz. I was for that Miami game. You were tonight. Um do you have any kind of final thoughts uh, before we let you get back to traveling back safely to where you're staying in Atlanta? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you know have a great show, guys. Uh, also, my man of the match, uh, since <laughs> I'm not going to be on for that segment, uh, well, I'm tempted to give it to a, a goal scorer. I think Bill Hamid, you right. know, really came through for us tonight. You know, if he hadn't weathered the, the storm early, especially in that first half, yeah. uh, you're not in a position to get those two late goals pulled out. So my man of the match, Bill Hamid. And y'all have a great show. Yeah, thanks, thanks Michael. Black. That was a great, great shout. We'll definitely talk about that when we get um, to our man of the match segment. Um, but that was Michael Black, our other uh, co-host on Tried and True, who was at the game tonight. It was great to hear that, you know, a lot of safety measures were in place. Um, you know, great. I mean, great that he was there to see those three points. I'm really jealous. Yeah. And, and also, um, we, we, we're now learning – I'm learning from the opposite end that uh, apparently I can't talk to callers uh, when I'm on this end of the connection, which is which is interesting. Um, yeah, Hamid had had a great game. He didn't really have much of a, a, a chance, I, I think, on the goal that Atlanta scored. So um, yeah, that's that's a good shout by by Black. Yeah. And and also, you know, props to here. Um, you know, he sent us a couple pictures pregame about how they had you know, seats zip tied off. Yeah. Um, so like, even if you wanted to try to move around and sit closer to friends, you couldn't do it. Um, it, it sounds like obviously they're, they're trying to, to do what they can, um, you know, to, to make the experience, but it, it, just thinking of how many games we've watched on TV, you know, from the bends, that place was quiet today. You know, there was, there was well, some like din audio. Yeah. Let's talk about that <laughs> crowd. Right. But, uh, it's awesome, and I'm so happy uh, that Michael got to, to see a game in person. But 
it can't be the same because yeah. it's, it's just not the same on TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was at Audi Field yesterday. Um, DC Scores did, did a very safe charity event. Um, their one night, one goal. It's typically an auction event, which is, which is what it was tonight. Um, saw Ben Olsen. He looked like he was he was doing well, doing his his <laughs> usual uh, Ben Olsen craziness and pulling out some last minute auction items. Um, lots of money was raised for DC Scores, but. Um, it, it was just crazy. You know, I went with another supporter and, you know, we we're just talking about how weird it is to kind of be back in the stadium. We were walking up to the stadium. We were just like, man, like, what are we living through right now? Right. We should have been at like all these games. Um, you know, this group had had talks of traveling to Atlanta. Um, I think it was supposed to be the 4th of July game. Yeah. Um, we had been chatting about traveling down. So, I mean, it's just a crazy world we live in really. Um, so yeah, but it, I mean, it's good that, fans are starting to get in the stadium i know there's yeah. a lot of hesitation obviously you know if people don't feel safe not encouraging anyone to go but it does sound like teams are, are doing their utmost to make it safe for the fans who want to see these games live yeah watching the presser tonight it made me it made me kind of miss this team I'm, I'm, I'm used to watching russell go out there and, and go all out for 90 minutes while i watch and uh, you, you have to miss that as a soccer fan and and, and yes it, i bet it was a completely different experience for, for Black and everyone in the stands tonight uh, than normal, but also than, than us. I, I'm so tired of going to DCUnited.com forward slash stream. <laughs> it's like saved into all my devices now. Um, Although but, I'm thrilled with being able to do that. And oh, yeah. Shell yeah, out yeah. hard-earned money for a stream that doesn't work because it's, it's been, <laughs> other than the one hiccup, uh, the team's done a great job of, of making this available. We do have to give them the credit there. Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see the path forward. How we get, how we get back to, you know, full on entertainment and stadiums. Uh, I'm Could excited. you guys imagine the atmosphere? Like just, just this group. Even if we weren't doing the show, right? Like if we were down there with the supporters groups, winning on the road is hard. Yeah, uh, winning late on the road is hard. Uh, big points. The energy would have just been. We'd probably still be in the section. Oh yeah. Singing, you know, waiting <laughs> to be let out of the stadium. You know, it's just. Oh, I miss it so much. Oh, me too. And you know, I mean, we're we're all part of the Scream Eagles. We're, you know, hopefully friends of all all the supporters groups. But I mean, just I miss going out to bars too, right? And like kind of continuing, you know, that that's a little bit part of why you're a soccer fan, right? Is like the friends you make and the atmosphere you bring, and just being able to celebrate like this. Um, I mean, we're happy to celebrate with all of our listeners, either live or if you're you're listening later. That's why we come directly after the show, but. I, I am excited when we're able to do it in person again. We have a friend too who's in Atlanta. Uh, I want to say it's it's Brian Greenberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? Is is he lives in um, Atlanta and the surrounding area? So it would have been so much fun to be able to travel down and kind of meet up with oh, him. He's in the chat. I, I've seen him comment about. Hey, uh, what's uh, up, Brian? Yeah, yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> after 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 we secured three points. Uh, was it the the patented Joshua Morgan in the stadium? I don't know. You guys are talking about don't, don't listen to former episodes, especially when I was allowed to drink <laughs> a, a, during a sporting event. Anyways, oh, man. Oh, man, I mean, what else do you all have to say about this game? <laughs> we We're getting, uh, so it's been mentioned a couple of times in, in different formats, but I, I like the first one. So I'll go with this. We played four different strikers tonight, I think. Uh, Kamara, Sorga, Rivas, and Reyna all played striker for DC United tonight. 
what is working? Who do you like the most? Who do we need to get rid of? Basically, is what is the discussion in, in the chat? Right? What are they saying? I'm so excited. Oh. I love our YouTube chat. It's always so soccer knowledgeable. So it, what are they saying? It really is. Uh, there's a lot of talk about only needing one physical striker. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see the reasoning behind that. I've been very vocally against having uh, one hold-up striker. I'll, I'll argue that I, I think DC United was terrible in the first half because of the two strikers. We had not as many numbers in midfield, and, and we weren't oh, – what, what's the point of having two strikers on the field if they don't ever get the ball? Because, uh, I mean, I well, mean, it's all about – go ahead, John. No, I was just going to say what's particularly interesting about that concept to me is I felt like in the first half we were either blasting shots from 30 yards out or we were trying to just continue to send crosses in, but the crosses in were occurring so late. So while you had the two strikers in the box, you also had four defenders in there. Yeah. Uh, well, that I mean, th that to me is like the rest of the uh, midfield needing to rush into the box. Something to help. Yeah, well, that, that's that's fair. But whether it's you know counterattacking or something to get the two strikers actually playing off of one another a little better. Yeah would make the you know at least support a two striker system more. yeah i'll give you that same that system works when you have like a like an in behind striker a striker that'll run behind the lines yeah. and then a hold up striker like that'll yeah, yeah, things yeah. Down. I, I don't think we're seeing that interchange between the two dc United but strikers. also like i think that's because we don't have the hold up striker right and like when you just play one up top that's what you need is a hold up human you're not like you're not forfeiting them in favor of the person who's running behind or whatever because that person is generally in the midfield anyway right like i'm i'm not advocating for like two static forwards right i'd love for them to be dynamic i'd love for one to kind of push up and one to drop back i'd love for that to be an interchange right but we have never had or signed the type of forward listen i'm not a fan but like a josie elsador like pre-world cup injury right who's able to just like take the ball receive it hold it up and let the rest of the team flood in around him um and then create the offense that way right like that is really one of the best ways that a holding striker works i think you can work it in a little bit of different ways if you're much more center or if you're much more focused around those counter attacks and your entire team is flooding forward and supporting that one striker then they don't necessarily need to be a hold-up player but that's not the, like the game plan that we've seen from dc united so i i don't see that one striker system working because i mean we didn't watch it work right we tried to have wayne rooney play that position and he was dropping back and basically our like defensive midfielder <laughs> Uh, it came up in the chat, and I the question is, Minnesota United are looking for another striker, but I'll, I'll extend that to any other team. Sends an offer to D.C. United right now. Uh, do they take it, or, or should they take it? What do you mean? What offer? For, for Kamara. Ola Kamara. Okay. For, for, for a tiny – maybe not anything. Maybe just like a third-round draft pick just to get him no. off the books. No. Um, I, so, so not for a third round draft pick. And, and I say that because I just, I don't think this, the super draft hasn't been producing a ton of talent for the past few seasons. And I mean, this year in college soccer has been all over the place with leagues cutting down on games yeah. and, and also, uh, the NCAA extending eligibility. So, I mean, this year of all years, I don't know that there's going to be much out of the super draft. So in that specific example, probably not, but. I don't know. I mean, for like Gam, it's hard you would for me. Say that again. For like Gam or Tam, you would. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, it's hard for me to give up on Ola, and and I mean, I, I don't know if it's been the system, and, and I, I don't know what it is, but I, this guy's got talent. I mean, you said it a lot 
the show in particular, Joshua, and of course we've we've raked you over the coals for it, but he scored <laughs> so much for other teams in this league, and I, it just doesn't compute for me, you know, why he's not being successful here. So I, I don't know if I'd want to give up on him just yet, and especially with you know a couple games or a couple wins away from maybe squeaking in the playoffs here, but you could easily make the argument that, well, he hasn't contributed a whole lot to the team thus far, so are we really going to miss him? I don't know. It's an interesting question. Sam, what do you think? I would argue that you need to wait um, for whoever the new manager is, right? I would not make any signings or I would not be selling any players until then because, I mean, traditionally this is not one of the teams. DC United is not one of the teams who, like, splashes a whole lot of cash for players, right? And I don't see that necessarily changing over this offseason. So I think that, I mean, we have Kamara who could be a very good – I mean, we know he's a very good striker in this league. He could really do things for this team. Um, but it's really going to depend on the manager that comes in. Are they going to want a player like that? Are they not? Um, I would absolutely advocate for waiting until we know that answer. But you're, you're not allowing yourself a lot of room for new imports if you have four strikers that are getting, what, one goal a game on the roster and getting minutes? I don't know. I, I agree that it, it seems like we have – almost a surplus of mediocrity at that position at, at this point. I think that's, that's spot on. That's what's a lot in like the, the Twitter chat right okay. now. Uh, and the MLS roster rules don't allow for a surplus in mediocrity. You need one starter, and then maybe you get a decent backup if you can make that work. But like, who is that? We're not going to go spend millions of dollars on a striker in this offseason. I don't you see don't that, that happening. You don't know. We, we've done it before. Uh yeah. You're right. That's that's going to be up to the coach and the front office once they know the situation there. Yeah, I mean, I think DC United. Hang on, John. Sorry, it looks like we're uh, we're grabbing a call. Um, oh, thanks for calling. You're on Tried and True. Who are we talking with? Hey, this is Rich. Hey, hey. Rich. How's it going? What are your thoughts tonight? Did, did I? Well, first off, I thought the substitution pattern was weird. But did I just hear you guys defending Ola Kamara? <laughs> Oh, offside Zola. He's <laughs> off 50% of the time. And if he makes a run, he's either pouting because you didn't play the ball to him right or whatever and blame someone else because he can't shoot, or he's gassed. Like, yeah. he walks more than anybody I've seen on that field. He'll run, and then, like, he'll run down there and press the goalie. The goalie will pass it over, and Sargo will be on that guy, and he'll have to pass it back to the goalie. But, but Kamara's already gassed, so he can't even <laughs> – he can't even go back and, and get back on the goalie and and make a pass, you know, uh, make a play at it. He is so slow. He, he's lost it. He's not in shape. It's quite obvious. And he's not a good scorer. I mean, he, he's had chances, and he hasn't bagged any of them. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. And, look, as we've said before, I, I was the most excited about Kamara from his track record. But I, I have to agree with you. He hasn't been what we thought we were getting. Do you think Rivas has – has replaced him on this roster necessarily like going forward would you rather have kamara or revis revis man revis <laughs> revis works revis works hard he holds people off the ball he possesses it he doesn't get offside and he he's just out there fighting in the box if you put him with somebody fast like sorga or you know any of our any other forward geez he's gonna be so much better you know and you know I, I just can't see. I know that they keep playing Sorg, I mean, uh, Kamara because they got so much invested. The, the management's probably saying, look, you got to play 
all the guys who paid all this money to her because we have to see if they're worth keeping. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't blame them. That, that's a fair point. I think we, go ahead. How can you blame them? Yeah. I mean, you got to know now, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rich, that's such a good point. I feel like we do talk a lot about Kamara based on what he brought to other teams in this league. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a really fair point that we also need to look at what he's been bringing to D.C. United, and we need to take that into consideration. Thanks so much for the call tonight, Rich. Yeah, but you're saying if, if Minnesota wants a Ford and Kamara, and they ask for Kamara, if you can get a bag of Doritos, you should just take them, <laughs> them off your book. I saw that in the uh, chat. I loved it. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Thanks so much, Rich. We'll, okay, we'll talk thanks, to you guys. soon. Yeah. Vamos, yeah, United. Vamos United. Really appreciate the call, Rich. And, and you know, what's interesting here is Kamara's really not on that much. I, I was doing some research there. As uh, as I'm ineligible to talk to our callers tonight, it's not at all frustrating. But um, yeah, Ola Kamara is, is really only on 240k. Uh, which is MLS. that the numbers from last year or, or this year? Because I remember. Yeah, the, I mean, the this number... appears to be 2020 numbers. Oh I mean, wow! I mean, MLS obviously salaries are like a matter of national security. Sometimes <laughs> figure out how much people are making. Um, and also, what I can't seem to find anywhere is how long his contract is good for. Uh, transfer market in particular just doesn't have a value there. So are we stuck with Kamara for a couple more weeks or is it a couple of years? I, I, I can't seem to really find that data anywhere. And and, uh, and Joshua, I think right before the call, you made a really interesting point about, you know, we're kind of saddled with mediocrity at that position. And it's interesting because MLS, in some ways, you're right. It's not a league where you can afford to do that at the striker position. But in other ways, because of the way the rosters have to be constructed in order to comply with roster rules, you're almost forced to be saddled with mediocrity somewhere. And and where is that within the roster? And yeah, the striker position, DC United have got to sign somebody. And, and you know, looking at the – if that's true, if that 240K number is true, there's not a ton to get off the books. Um, but, but I think Chris is right. I mean, he just – he has it, – it's been over a calendar year now. Like, so yeah, it's, maybe the leash is, is too long and sometimes then it's time to just cut bait and see what else we can it's do. It's got to be a, a cool ranch at least is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and no, also no, no delay, we're interested in, in a sponsorship deal, <laughs> so just you know, hit us up, try true DCU at, uh, at gmail.com. Send a complimentary <laughs> back to Rich. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's fair, and I think in MLS, like, your point of mediocrity cannot be in your striker, right? This is not yeah. a league where that can be, where you are not spending a lot, and you do not have your quality on the field. I mean, we've seen that, right, with DC United. Um, that yeah. that can't be where you compromise. It's really hard, though, because yeah, we, we've seen so many times in this league, if, if you do go out and you spend money and you spend it in the wrong spot, uh, it, it can hurt you. Like Chicharito is so bad for the Galaxy. They're looking at offloading him already. Yeah. You remember how much they hyped up that man? And he, and he was a guy that, I mean, I was one of the people that said DC United should look at him because, you know, he, he has an upside. And he, he played fairly well in, in, in Europe for a while, but he's been atrocious uh, with L.A. And, you know, the rumors this week have kicked up again about Mesut Ozil potentially coming yeah. to DC United and Unfortunately, you know, we can't get him on 240K a year. It's probably closer to 240K a minute with his current <laughs> uh, contract. But he, he's not in the Arsenal side at all. He's not in their Premier League yeah, roster. He's not, not even registered. Roster. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's not even registered. He's got the Russell Canals treatment, but for the whole season. <laughs> yeah, which, which, by the way, if you can find a job that'll pay you that kind of money, or, or really any kind of money, 
and then not allow you to do, do said job. job yeah <laughs> that's that's a hell of a deal i mean, you gotta give Ozil a little bit of credit uh but you wonder i mean what one do, do would you guys like to see Mesut Ozil in the in the black and red I've, I've got to ask because that got kicked up again this week um but then I guess the, the follow-on question is, is that the kind of guy you splash this cash we're talking about on? Look, I, I would love Ozil if we take him as like a, a barista at, at the coffee shop that he owns, uh, oh, <laughs> but also playing. Uh, he's a great 10. I, I think he would contribute to the team immensely. I, we're talking about a guy who lifted the German national team to different levels. I think he would lift DC United to, to many different levels. Uh, I don't think he could be our only acquisition. I'm I'm way more worried about about striker than I am uh, a center attacking mid. I think yeah. I think Assad with his revival in the past few weeks and uh, man I'm blanking uh, Eddie at Esteban Flores. Yeah. I, I think between those two and maybe Gressel or Paul, that position is mostly covered. If if we can get a striker and Ozil, that would be. That would be something to look out for. So that's yeah, Rich. Rich is in our um our Twitter comments, and he's saying, uh, "Don't pay big for a striker who's over 30. Yeah. Um. So yeah. it will be good. Reyna will also be able to play that role. Um. And he would rather see us spend on a number ten. Oh really? Yeah. Uh. He said a real number ten. I quote. <laughs> I look. I, yeah. I guess for me, I, I'm I'm excited with the progress we've seen out of Flores the last couple of games. I, I thought he was better again tonight. Um, not as good as the last couple of games. Again, I think he took a little bit of a step backward, but definitely in a better position than he was um, prior to his injury. Yeah. And, and even, uh, you know, Orlando was kind of a mess for him. So I think he's another one that next season, I, I'm going to have really high expectations for him. And, and I actually think he can be him. You know, that that's the kind of, caliber signing i'd like to see at striker because you know under 30 check um you know international slot okay but going younger going south america yeah. you know that that seems to be where the league as a whole is finding success and you know there's a risk factor there right it's, it's a new country it's a new league uh in, in many cases it's a new language um but i think that the, the ceiling is much higher on those guys than, yeah. than the, the over over 30 euro uh retirees right <laughs> yeah and that's where i was getting with the chicharito chicharito comment and kind of tying in ozil i would almost want our, our new acquisitions to be high dollar players that we haven't heard of yet because it seems like the ones that we've heard of before the you know the world renowned guys on the back end of their career they come in and they flop half of the time so uh i would love to see our scouts being used uh, if we have those still uh, and and finding some guy that that that's on the cusp of breaking through or or is broken through in league MA like Flores had done and, and we bring them over here and, and then see if they can tear it up i mean F joseph martinez and, and giovinco were on the bench in italy they they, they were multi-million dollar signings for uh, for mls but they weren't they weren't day in day out starters they weren't bagging all kinds of goals uh but they had the talent uh and that was scouted and that you know the teams took a risk to sign them and bring them in yeah, I completely agree. I'd also love to see DC United, um, you know, spend money in our academy. I, I completely agree. I'd, I'd, I'd rather splash money, a little bit less money, on these players who are kind of breaking through and then um, be able to see what they can do for DC United and then also just really um, invest in our youth program. And that's obviously a much longer-term solution. But I think it's, it's phenomenal what we've seen from the kids just this year. We've already talked this episode about – 
um, you know, what they've been able to do given all of the obstacles, um, but they've still kind of broken out and done really well for the team. So I'd love to see us continue to invest and continue to improve um, because that's just, I mean, it's a long-term commitment, but it's one of those ones that usually plays out in dividends. Yeah, and, and speaking of players, it's a good time as ever to transition into our, our Man of the Match segment. But before we do, um, I want to shout our friends at Across the Pond who uh, have been handing out gift cards left and right now. <laughs> the men are, are finding three points. Um, but if you didn't win one of the gift cards uh, from, from liking their tweets, um, you can, of course, use the promo code podcast for 5% off your order, whether that's in person or uh, takeout to go. Um, they'll, they'll hook it up uh, and, and Unfortunately, they, they don't have the Giants crowd tomorrow because we lost on Thursday, but here we are. Uh, so <laughs> shout out to the friends at, at Across the Pond. Um, who wants to go first tonight on the internet? We already heard, uh, we already heard Michael Black's choice on the calling line of Bill Hamid. Yeah, I thought Bill Hamid was a really good shout. Um, there, there were definitely a couple keep saves he made. One in particular stands out to me. Um, or he, he couldn't really collect it, but he made sure to volley it out. Um, so that way there wasn't really a rebound. Um, he, I, I would agree that he really didn't have um, a, a chance of saving the goal against. That definitely wasn't his fault. So I thought that was a pretty good shout. Um, I'm going to go with Donovan Pines. I think he had a really good first half. I think he's just been feeling himself. Um, he had a lot of – he had like one – I'm thinking of one forward – or one forward run in particular that he kind of ran up and then just played this ball – forward across the field oh, we've gotten requests to talk about this pass yeah oh my gosh like <laughs> i'm gonna like dream about that pass it was phenomenal from a center back it was like i don't know the stuff dreams are made of it was just a beautiful soccer pass um that really set dc united up well and i just think he's really growing into himself i think he has such a promising future at dc united and i think what he's been able to do especially like I mean, we talk about giving Russell a lot of, you know, props for playing in that center back role, but he's still like a, a veteran of this league, right? He's been playing for many, many years and Pines is still definitely like that newer player and he has had to play with many different center back pairings. So just seeing all that he's able to do, um, obviously the center back pairing is so important, but just seeing him able be able to adapt to whoever he's playing next to, um, I, th I think he played phenomenally tonight and I'll definitely give it to him. Uh, I so so for me it, it comes down to it hurts because uh, <laughs> I thought a lot of guys did pretty well tonight uh, I thought Russell looked really good filling in in the back line uh, his header to get the first goal was great uh, Khan coming off the bench and scoring the second goal Paredes with the assist that link up there I'd love to see that uh, Assad is improved Russell with the assist All coming right. back to Atlanta. Every player who played for DC United uh, is getting it, your man of the match, I though. thought it was decent. I, I'm going to give it to Bill. I thought the first half was really bad for DC United, and if he doesn't make those saves, then we're in a rut that we don't come back. I mean, that's yeah. what happened last time we played Atlanta. Uh, so, yeah, man of the match, Bill Hamid for me. Yeah, I, I mean, Vegas is disappointed, Sam. I think the odds were, were pretty high that you were going to give him the Paredes there for his first career <laughs> assist. But uh, listen, my honorable mention will go to uh, Junior Moreno. I thought he was motoring around tonight. He played yeah, that's a good super shout. well. Um, you know, kind of an underappreciated uh, guy oftentimes out there. Um, so I loved what we saw out of him. But I, I'll actually give it to Russell Canals. Um Sam, I'm going to give him a, uh, maybe a little more credit than you did for, for playing out of position. But I, I totally agree with you. I mean, he played super well, uh, plugging in next to Pines, who, you know, <laughs> Pines is one of the more consistent players on the field at this point with yeah. injuries and formation changes, right? Um, but but still young, Pines 
was the, the was the veteran center back then. I don't know how many other times in, in Russell's career, you know, across in, in Germany and, and you know the youth system and stuff that he's played center back, but but it played really well, right place at the right time, uh, really on, on the goal. Um, but but he's had a tough season, and, and I'm I'm super happy uh, with his performance tonight. So he's my man in the match. Yeah, we've got a couple shouts for Paredes in the comments, so I, I know people are backing me up. Um, I mean, it's great that he got his first assist today. Um, props to him. Yeah, but. yeah. I just hope we keep putting him out there and uh, help letting him get into the mix because it seems like he he does good things when he gets chances. Yeah, definitely good. Good spread of men of the match tonight. Yeah, yeah and, and as we look ahead a little bit here to uh, to other MLS games that matter, it feels like our intent all season was to talk about, you know, what are the other games with our rivals or within the group or within the, you know, uh, who, who would we be playing in the MLS's back knockout stage. That didn't quite all go to plan, but being in a playoff race here, oh, wow. uh, NYCFC <laughs> taking on Montreal here in just under eight minutes as we record live, that's a big game rooting hard for NYCFC, which hurts me a little bit, uh, but not quite as much as, as one of the other games kicking off at 7.30. That's Chicago at home taking on the Red Bulls, and, and guys, we got a root for the no. Red Bulls in this one. We yes. need Chicago to continue to drop points if we want to get into the playoffs. So two, two teams we actively despise on this show, and, and we need them to come up big for us tonight uh, in order to keep DC United uh, with, with a shot. We're saying we got a shot, and Sam, I don't we know. Do. I don't think 538 is updated yet, but I got to believe we might be above less than 1% shot at this point. Literally anything probably, over zero. We're probably at 1% now. <laughs> hey, that, it's, it's huge to get that carrot. More than zero, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. We're making the playoffs. I believe it. Oh, we'll man. do this again on Wednesday night as DC United take on uh, not, not the team you want to be playing right now, uh, the Columbus Crew. Uh, that game that appears kicks off at 8 p.m. Can't stay consistent on kickoff times. Uh, that is an out of field. 8 p.m. kickoff, so 10 p.m. show for us. What did we miss, guys? I I, I want to hit on the Columbus game. They they've got a couple of injuries that they're getting their guys back, but they're not 100% strength. And the rest of the schedule besides that is pretty empty. So there could be nine points on the table for DC United. Look, maybe the winning streak never ends. Uh, you gotta believe I'm in the sand cast and wrote, uh, on a sad note, uh, to kind of wrap up the show, uh, Daryl Grove, I mentioned it last show. He entered hospice. He has unfortunately passed away. Uh, he's an American soccer podcasting legend. He's influenced so many people, so many, uh, so many of his followers reached out to him on Twitter and, and the, and the show. And, and then, look, I just want to say thank you for, for, what you gave to us while you were here and we wish the best to your family and, and, and the wolves and, <laughs> and, and, and Taylor and, and everyone that met Daryl uh, was a better person for it. And, and I hope they're all doing great. Yeah. I um, completely agree with that. Really unfortunate passing. Um, we're definitely all lucky for what he was able to give us um, while he was here before he unfortunately um, got sick with cancer um i'd also just like to plug at the end of the show um again nonpartisan podcast but voting is among us um we are not that many days away from the election um so early voting in dc starts on tuesday um i believe it's it's already started in virginia and maryland i'm not exactly sure I, i live in dc so i'm really um more updated on that i apologize but 
you know, just make, make, make sure you go out and vote. D.C. has same-day registration, so if you missed the registration deadline, you, you can still vote. Um, it's super important to be knowledgeable, um, not just about the presidential candidates, but there are many other candidates on the ballot, so it's, it's, it's really important to be knowledgeable about everyone that you're voting for. Um, there are so many resources out there. You know, if you just Google, like, what's my ballot 2020, there are so many resources out there that will show you everyone who's on the ballot and kind of what they stand for. Um, so I'd, I'd encourage everyone to do that. Um, and then, you know, just keep in mind the issues that are important to you. Continue talking to D.C. United about that. Um, love what they're doing for Hispanic Heritage Month. Love what they've done for the Black Lives Matter movement. And we'd love to see those things obviously continue. Um, so make sure that you're letting your team know what you expect from them. Yeah. And, and just a quick update on the dates there, Sam, since you mentioned it earlier. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It opens on uh, October 27th. So that's this uh, upcoming. It opens one day earlier in maryland on october 26th uh it's been open in virginia for quite some time but for our virginia listeners it actually ends on halloween that's october 31st and then of course election day is on november 3rd so as we record this we're just about nine days away uh from election day so yeah absolutely echoing everything sam said um get out to vote uh, make your voice heard uh and, and uh as always thanks for hanging out with us after a big three points tonight let's let's keep let's keep it alive Yes, let's make sure I, I pick a song that does that as we, as we shine, close it out. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. Um, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday night.